Hello and welcome to Retrospect, the Fordham Observer's official podcast. I'm Kevin Christopher Robles, Assistant Arts and Culture Editor. And I'm Jeff Umbra, Features Editor. We'll be hosting this new podcast where we take a closer look at some of the most prominent issues recently featured in the Observer. Today, we'll be speaking with Demetrius Strass, President of Fordham's United Student Government. We'll also be conducting a culinary experiment where we compare some of New York City's most peculiar grocery stores. For our first segment, we're here with Demetrius Stratus, USG president here at Fordham University Lincoln Center. So, Demetrius, uh, we're a month into the new school year and a month into your presidency. Um, how have you been settling into the role of president and you know, just how have you been adjusting to it? First off, thank you for having me on your program, Jeff. It's a pleasure and privilege to be in here. As to how I'm accommodating, I found that the, the Office of Presidency, you adjust to it much like you do your classes. At first, there's a lot of optimism. Then you get your first exam, and then you realize that there are a lot of hurdles in your way. The good news, though, is I've been overcoming many of those hurdles, and I have an organized plan as what to do. So to refresh our audience a little about United Student Government, United Student Government is one of the three organs of government at Fordham Lincoln Center, the other one being RHA and the other being CSA. So what's it like, you know, combining and managing these three, you know, very, not very different, but distinct groups, I guess, of, of Fordham students, and what's, what are some of the challenges you have in, in making sure everyone works together in a, in a productive way? The hardest part of working at Fordham, it's never the people, it's getting everybody in the same room together, yeah. because everyone is so busy, either with their internships, their classes, what they're particularly doing, that getting a set time to all sit together and agree on something to actually sit down is very difficult. But once you get everyone to sit down, you're amazed by how you can meet people who are so different from you, have different interests from you, rep- represent different organizations, yet they're willing to work with you and you have so much in common. I found that with CSA and RHA, and it's a pleasure working with them. What are some of the highs and lows that you've experienced so far during your tenure? I haven't had that many lows. We had to essentially get a new treasure at the beginning because of a lot of scheduling issues. But the transition went very well. We've never had this many people running for positions in USG. Almost every single position is occupied now as I'm speaking. We had a really good turnout, believe it or not, for full elections as well. Really happy about that. A lot of energy from the class of 2022, both GSBLC and FCLC. Tomorrow is going to be our first Senate meeting, as a matter of fact, where I'm going to train the senators. (laughs) It's very ironic. When I came in as a sophomore at USG, I remember being late to the first meeting. I had no idea what was going on, and there was Layden Magoon, uh, class of 2018, no, class of 2017, and he was going on a big spiel about how USG worked, and it's kind of strange to feel that I'm going to be on the other side of the room now telling the class of 2022 what the spiel is going to be going on. Um, As far as your president your presidency is concerned for the uh, for the foreseeable future. What are some of your goals? You know, what 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 are some things that you really want to accomplish while you have this role? By the time that I graduate, people will know once and for all what USG is meant to stand for. Because for too long, people have viewed USG as an anomaly on campus. They view it as something that you pad your resume with, you go and you do bureaucratic paperwork. It is true that we do a lot of bureaucratic paperwork, but the reason we do that paperwork is to make sure that clubs have their budgets, that new clubs are being made. I want to expand that. 
We need to work with student leaders to make the club process a lot easier, not just making a club, but maintaining a club. Second, community activism and outreach is very important to make sure that we keep an active voice on campus. Three, I want to work on policies. For example, I want to work, I may not be able to get free printing, but I want to at the very least start expanding the amount of money that students may have in their account when they go to print. Things like you don't have to do the club leader training by going in person. Now it's online and after like working with the office of student involvement, that's now a thing. I just in general want to make things easier for people on this campus. Despite the fact that we're a really small school, we're a school with a lot of commuters and we're bound to be going all over the place. People stick together and people care on this campus for each other. And sometimes the best care you can get on this campus is from student-run activities and from student-run discourse. What are some of the best examples you can give us of uh, that sort of behavior, that sort of um, uh, family-esque relationship that these students have with each other here on campus? I can start off with something that's not too... uh, not too stale in the mind of orientation, being an orientation leader, having a lot of people who I didn't even know their names and people who I did know in the same room together. And I have to say, whenever you're in an event that a lot of people from Fordham are working together and you come to like meet these people, to know them, it's fascinating who you will meet, the characters in that room. And it's not just orient, orientation leader training was just the tip of the iceberg. There have been a lot of events throughout the years, different clubs, people within the same club, or even people who actually don't, aren't active in club leadership, just people who are busy doing their own things on their own or with unorganized groups of students, they all contribute to the climate on this campus. So as far as your work with the general student body, uh, what are some ways that you're making sure that, you know, the, the voices of, of common students are being heard? First thing you need to do is you got to put yourself out there. And to start with, although this seems very trivial, we've actually tried to reignite our social media presence. Our Instagram account has not been used for a very long time, and I'm specifying the president of VP of Affairs to take over the account. And we started posting again. We've had Fordham Fridays, which my VP, Katina Smith, has been pushing. We didn't know how many people were actually going to come. The entire purpose behind the event is, hey, you can dress up in a forum shirt, you go in the plaza, you get a free slice of pizza. We ran out of pizza for what was supposed to be a two-hour event in less than 10 minutes. We had more than 100 people show up in the amount of time that it takes me to finish half an easy homework assignment. And I was stunned by it. I've never seen so many people come out to an event like this. And that's the beginning of it. Reignite social media presence. Reignited presence with events on campus. We're going to try to hold a couple of mixers this tournament in fall because... We have events like Winter Ball that a lot of people like, but it's expensive, and the bash is by the end of the year. We want to just, in general, have like events and games that get people more together. And once everyone knows each other, it gets easier to have a community on this campus. Um, so just one last thing, Demetrios. Um, what sort of legacy do you hope to leave behind after your tenure is done, after you're done being president? When I'm done, I want the people to take over to me to do even better than me. I want people to remember me just as the the good guy on campus who helped start a lot of things. I want to be remembered as just another student, but just a very active student. Because at the end of the day, one of the things I learned coming here is you come into Fordham, you're very ambitious, you think you're invincible. I've actually had a lot of mistakes and errors at Fordham, believe it or not. A lot of people have. And I think it's through the mistakes and learning that I have to get better, I have to learn more things, that the world isn't about you. You apply that 
to have faith in yourself and also self-awareness of yourself. Because the thing is, having faith in yourself is not arrogance. It's inflated faith in yourself that translates into arrogance. I want the people who come after me to realize that first and foremost, that they are students in a great community and that they will further the legacy of that community for generations to come. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Demetrius. Yeah, thank you, Demetrius. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. For our next segment, we have something a little lighter planned. Um, We had an article in our most recent issue where um, a writer compares two uh, very famous grocery stores if you are a student at uh, Fordham Lincoln Center, um, Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. And the main, the main conclusions reached in the article was that, you know, Trader Joe's is obviously cheaper than Whole Foods. Um, however, it's much farther away. And the fresh foods like produce and meats um, just did not hold a candle to their Whole Foods counterparts. Um, So what we're going to do here is um, I was speaking with a few other members of the Observer staff and we were um, recalling that there's a third grocery store that is often overlooked, I think, by Fordham students. Um, It is called Western Beef. Have you ever heard of Western Beef, Kevin? Western Beef. I've never heard of this place. (laughs) Um, I think they have a couple locations um, around New York, um, but they're not very big. Um, The fact that I've never heard of it does not bode well. um, It's very well known for their low prices, and it's also well known for their, uh, at times, spotty or outright low quality. So anyway, so Kevin, a someone who knows nothing about Western beef is going to conduct an on-air blind taste test and a review. Um, I've prepared three different categories of of foods for Kevin. I have some fresh food. Uh, I have some red bell peppers. One is from Whole Foods, so the the gold standard for fresh food, and the other is from Western beef. I have some packaged foods. I have regular name brand, just Cheerios, and I have Western Beef brand Cheerios. I think they're called Toasted Oats, maybe. Um, well, don't ask me. <laughs> and then lastly, we have some regular Coke and some Western Beef brand Cola. So we're going to see if A, Kevin can identify the Western Beef brands, and B, if he thinks they are significantly lower in quality than, than, their, than their counterparts. All right, so what do you want to go with first, Kev? Oh, man, there are no good choices. <laughs> uh, let's just go with the one that I like the least off, right off the bat just by looking at it, the, the bell peppers. All right, that's a controversial opinion that bell peppers are not good. But we'll start out with, I have two bags here, one, number one and number two. This is number two. So, Kevin, open the bag, take a bite, and see what you think. Oh, this is the kind you put on uh, on pizza? Yep. Okay. It's a red bell pepper. I'll try one too if you don't mind. Because I know what, what they are. Initial thoughts? Ugh. If you don't like peppers, it's going to be hard to make an unbiased judgment. But 
I mean, it tastes it tastes all right. It doesn't taste bad. I'm getting it. It's very nice and crunchy, like both peppers are supposed it to is, be. It is. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'll need I'll need to taste the other one to see whether or not that one's any like better. All right, I'm going to give you a second bag, bag number one, mm. also with some bell peppers, red bell peppers in it. I'll grab one myself too after you've gotten one. I bought both both peppers today, so they're both you know as fresh as possible. Oh, what do you okay. think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, bag number two. <laughs> this is confusing because you gave me bag number one first, or bag number one second. Um, but the the second one that he gave me, bag number one, is like noticeably less crunchy and more watery. I'm also getting a little bit of a almost a bitter taste, you know? Yeah. Like, like and not in a good way, like a bad bitterness. It's a bad bitterness. Um, yeah. I don't like this. I don't like the second one. Well, you guess you guess correctly then. The second <laughs> one I gave you, bag number one, was from Western Beef, and the first ones were from Whole Foods. So one for one so far. Alright, you wanna go Cheerios next? Let's do the Cheerios because we wanna wash this down last. Yeah. yeah. This one might be a little little obvious for you. Um, they're very different. It's it's been a while since I've eaten Cheerios, so okay. They're different in color and in texture, um, but we'll see. So I'll give you bag number one first this time. Keep okay. it keep it simple. Make it make it consistent. So again, um, one of these bags contains regular name brand Cheerios, and the other bag contains Western Beef brand toasted oats, or whatever they're called. Thoughts? Mm. Bag number one. Tastes okay. Tastes tastes good. Tastes good. It's good. Nothing nothing off about it. All right. Tastes like Cheerios, I guess. How about your thoughts on bag number two? Hmm. So how does it how is it different than the number one? Well, they're they're slightly bigger. They're also more crunchy. I'm not sure which one I like better, but I think... No, the second one is definitely better. The ones you're having right now? Yeah. I like this a lot. It's crunchier. It's got more obvious flavor. I feel like if if I you know ate this as real cereal with milk and stuff, it would taste really good. Yeah. All right. So if you had to guess, um, what would you... Which one do you think is Western Beef and which one is Real Cheerios? Hmm. I think the second one is is uh, probably Real Cheerios. And you are correct again. Mm. First one was Western Beef Store brand, and the second one was Cheerios. All right. Last, lastly, I guess Kevin can wash down your palate with some of our cola selections. So the Western Beef brand cola is is notorious in that it you can buy three liter bottles there for like. I think it's three for five dollars, so that comes out to like a dollar and a half. A little more than a dollar and a yeah. half each for three three liters, not two liters, three. So it's yeah. one of the cheapest uh, soda deals you can find in New York. Considering like a like a bottle of soda from like the vending machines, <laughs> like a buck seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two unmarked cups. I'll give Kevin cup number one oh, to start boy. out. <laughs> 
I hope I get the Coke second. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I had never tried Western Beef, despite the deal. I'd never tried their store brand cola before today, and I was actually quite, quite surprised by it in a good way. I'd, I'm not sure, but I feel fairly confident I already know which one this is. So give me the second All right. one. All right. Cup number two. Oh, man. They look exactly the same. <laughs> what do you think? Hmm. Well, there's a, there is a difference. That's, that's what I noticed as well. Yeah. The second, the second one feels it, it tastes flatter. It feels flatter. Um, so I think my original suspicion was correct that the first one is Coke. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't taste bad though. The Western beef soda does not taste bad, but it doesn't it doesn't hold a candle to a good old classic American Coca Cola. I guess I may have shown my hand a little bit in this last one because I had opened the Western beef ba- uh, can. A little while ago and have been drinking out of it before we started the segment mm. so it might have gotten a little flat whereas i just opened the coke right before i poured them out uh, i have a feeling that it would have remained flat though it it, fe- it feels like that like the density of that soda is not gonna you know it, it, no. it, it wouldn't pull through i agree it, it, i'm looking at it in the in the cup now and I, I do think it looks noticeably flat yeah got a lot more bubbles <laughs> over here so we've, we've done uh, Coke versus Western Beef, but what are your thoughts on Coke versus Pepsi? That's an interesting question. I have actually a very complicated opinion on this. Uh, so I love Coke. I think mm. Coke has done a lot for the world, honestly. Because if there is, like, there is one soda brand that is known across the world, and that is Coca-Cola. And it has provided people with enjoyment. It has provided <laughs> people with... Uh, Many many years of uh, of good good tastes and uh, and pleasant times. Um, I think Pepsi tastes better. Here. I think Pepsi tastes better. But I will take Coke over Pepsi because of Coke's historical significance and its importance to uh, <laughs> to the world. We are not as, sponsored by Coke as by the, the way. world's soda, much like football is the world sport. I don't know if I agree with that statement, but that's save it for another another time. Um, I also prefer the taste of Pepsi, but I do not feel any any sort of product loyalty to Coke like yeah. you do. Fun fact: I, I believe uh, the United States is the only country in which Pepsi outsells Coke. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, you finished finished the afternoon off three for three on your identifications um i feel so proud of myself <laughs> i can tell good food from bad would you say the western beef is bad would, like, would you would you not recommend it to other people i feel like if we weren't in a direct comparison like this i wouldn't really be able to tell yeah i didn't i didn't bring in for obvious reasons like a meat or you know something <laughs> that might be more noticeably different in quality um but I agree with you. I think on a lot of their products, you know, it's not. It, it is worse, as you as you notice, but it's not that much worse. Yeah, and it's not that much worse. It's not exponentially worse, like you said it was. <laughs> um, but it's quite an experience. Uh, they're over on like 60, 61st or sixty second and West End Avenue. They have both their store brands and regular brands, so like you can buy regular Cheerios there for cheaper than. And you, and you can conduct your own taste tests for your friends <laughs> and then uh, torture me as, as Jeff has yeah. his past. Mm. 
Thank you for joining us for our first episode. We hope you'll listen again as we continue to tackle more issues in the forum community. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jeff. And this has been Retrospect. <laughs>